There were about 25 folks who gathered last Sunday morning, or actually afternoon, in the, fire, in the fireside room in order to pray. And it was wonderful. Like, it was just a great time of prayer. So thank you to those who came. Thank you for, to those who maybe prayed in the afternoon, couldn't be here for that, but nonetheless prayed during the afternoon. We want so much to be a church that devotes ourselves to prayer. And God is going gonna, is gonna to bless. He's, he's just going to continue showering blessings down upon us because of our prayer lives. We have so much growth to do in that area, but as we do, God is going to bless us. And I'm just so grateful that he's there to answer our prayers. So thank you if you came and look forward to the next one. I think it's August 26th is the next All Church Sunday, and so, or All Church uh, Prayer Sunday. And so I hope that you come and pray on that day as well. I got an email just last night from Del Ason. Uh, Del lost his brother in the last couple of days. So he said that he'd like for me to announce this. <clears throat> um, Wendell Dell, as we know him, Asen's brother Delmer Asen of Big, uh, Big Beaver, Saskatchewan, passed away in Coronach. Is is Coronach? Cornac. Thank you. I'm not a Saskatchewanite, Saskatchewanian, and so I would, don't know that. But anyway, he passed away on Friday, May 11th. Delmer was diagnosed with acute myeloctic leukemia in late February of this year. The combination of this aggressive cancer and his weakened condition did not allow for any treatment. A memorial service for Delmer will be held in Big Beaver, Saskatchewan at a later date. Delmer was Steve and Mark Asen's uncle as well. So why don't we just pray for that family and ask God to bless them. Father, we do ask that you would be with the Asen family at this time in the loss of Del's brother, Delmer. We pray that you would Bless all of their family members as they reflect on his life. Father, I, I don't know uh, where he was at as far as his faith in you. I, I hope that he was a faithful person. Um, and God, if, if that's the case, we thank you for his life and, and the blessing that he was to others. Uh, Father, nonetheless, whatever his state with you, I pray that you would continue to love uh, those who loved him. And God, we just look forward to the day when we're going to be united with our loved ones. Uh, and those who stand in you have this wonderful notion of resurrection that is ours. And so we honor you and glorify you that you provide that to us. It's through Jesus we pray. Amen. I just realized, oh, here it is. Sorry, I was thinking I forgot this, but it's right in front of me. I'd love for you to turn to John chapter 10, verses 11 through 18. It's on page 799 in the Bibles that are underneath the seats. And we are continuing, of course, with the I Am series, which has just been a rich blessing to me as I've thought about this and just listened to the Lord, heard from Scripture the kind of things that God says to me and I'm sure to you as well as we consider Scripture together. And this is a beautiful, beautiful image This morning we look at the notion of Jesus as the good shepherd. And it's interesting that we're going to look at verses 11 through 18 here. But as he does this, as he discusses this topic, Jesus actually says this statement twice. And he does this with a couple of other times. Like um, in John 6, he says that he's the bread of of life a couple of different times. 
Uh, he says he's the light of the world a couple of different times. Some of these he says twice, some of them he says once. In this case, he says, I am the good shepherd, and he says this twice, once in verse 11 and once in verse 14. And I think that's because he has a couple of different points to make about this statement. And so he says it twice, I think, to make a point. Specifically, about being the good shepherd. If you'll remember last week when we looked at verses one through 10, in the first section in verses one through six, Jesus says basically that he's the good shepherd but without saying it. And he certainly doesn't use the word good in those first few verses. He does make reference to the fact that he's a shepherd but doesn't make any kind of allusion to the fact that he's good. And so here he specifically says good shepherd and I think that's significant. And so let's read this together. I think that God is going to bless us richly as we just think about what it means for Jesus to be the good shepherd. Verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray that over the next few minutes, as we consider these words of Jesus, that you'll bless us and help us to understand not just what he meant, but what he's saying to us this morning about who he is as the good, good shepherd. We pray these things through Jesus. Amen. So because this passage is divided in two, verse 11 he says it, and again in verse 14 he says it, we're going to look at it and see, I think, two big thoughts that are there in this text about who Jesus is. And there's a couple, one, at least one big question that kind of dominates all of that, and that is, why do we need to give Jesus our love and devotion. On the very first lesson talking about I am statements, I actually said that this was one of those big elements that stands behind the whole series of I am statements. Why is it that we need to give Jesus our love and devotion? And I think that's kind of what's on Jesus' mind as he addresses this. You'll remember that it's the Pharisees who are specifically questioning him and to whom he's talking in this passage. In fact, if you look back at, what is it, 941? 40, some Pharisees who were with him heard him say, say this and they asked, what are we blind to? Jesus said, if you were blind, you would be guilt, not be guilty of sin, but now that you 
uh, claim you, that you can see, your guilt remains. And so he's talking to some Pharisees who specifically don't believe because, in fact, they're blind. And they say, are we blind too? And Jesus clearly is saying to them, Absolute, you're, absolutely you're blind. Why is it that they're blind? Because they don't get who Jesus is and they're not responding to who Jesus is. There are some, like Nicodemus, who do, but there are an awful lot who don't. And this kind of stands as a major question, if nothing else to the Pharisees, but of course it stands in our faces as well. What do we do with Jesus? Are we going to devote ourselves to Christ or are we not? Well, first of all, I want to ask this question about why is it that Jesus calls himself good? Because that seems to me to be a major point here. Why is it that Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, as opposed to just saying shepherd? And I think it's something, first of all, like this. Well, go ahead. He is good specifically because he lays down his life for the sheep. Because of his caring affection for those whom he loves. And it causes him to lay down his life. And that's absolutely in contrast here to the hired hand who doesn't love the sheep, doesn't care about the sheep, and so he runs away. And here's a point that I think is really important about the good shepherd that we need to see with respect to his laying down his life. And that's this. Go ahead, Willow. And this is the first kind of major point here in the big thoughts. Willow, go ahead. The good shepherd doesn't just risk his life. I want you to notice what the text says. It doesn't say the good shepherd is willing to lay down his life. It doesn't say the good shepherd potentially could, if he's called to, lay down his life. What it specifically says is that the good shepherd lays down his life. Now, I looked at this in Greek over the week several times just to read and see what this really says. And that's exactly what it says, that there, it's in the present tense. It says that he's in the process of laying down his life. He is, in fact, laying down his life. He will lay down his life in the sense that he's already started to lay down his life. But there's no question here of whether or not he will. The good shepherd is laying down his life. Willow? He really does then give his life for the sheep. Now I want you to just think that about that for a moment. This is a huge difference between who Jesus is and even who a shepherd is. And I think this is why Jesus says that he's a good shepherd. Um, I don't know if, uh, if any of you have ever been around animals much, had animals, not just as pets, but in the farmyard, some of you grew up on farms. Some of you know cattle. You know sheep. If, if the opportunity for you to actually lay down your life for a cow came along, I'm not sure you would do it. To say nothing of a sheep. It's hard for me to imagine that if there was a sheep there or even a flock of sheep, that if there was a real opportunity, like if something happened and you thought, oh, I'm going to have to die in order to save my sheep. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You've got a flock of 40 or 50 sheep and you're going to die to keep the 40 or 50 sheep safe and then what's going to happen to the sheep? Nothing. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to eat them. You're not going to get their wool. You're not going to do anything. Why? Because you're dead. So nobody here, if really given the opportunity, would actually give their life for a sheep. 
But in fact, that's what Jesus says he does. This is not a statement that says, I will potentially give my life. Maybe I'll give my life. Under the right circumstances, maybe because these sheep are going to save my family's life or something like that, I'll give my life. That's not what Jesus says. He says, I am laying down my life for the sheep. And so he doesn't just risk his life. He gives his life because he really, really does love the sheep. I have a student from uh, Ambrose University who wants to enter full-time ministry that was in a class of mine last fall. And he asked me if I would do some mentoring of him uh, as he prepares for ministry. He's 20, I think he told me yesterday, he's 21 years old. Uh, He's got another year left in school. Just thinking about what it means for him to do ministry and what this might look like. And so he wants to to spend some time with somebody who's done it for a while. So we had breakfast together yesterday morning and we were trying to think of the founder of various religious systems that give their lives for the sake of their religion. Like looking at at various religious systems and saying, who is it, a founder, the Buddha, Muhammad, Hinduism, even Moses, who is it that actually gives their lives for the sake of the followers and for the sake of the belief system? And as he and I discussed this over 15 or 20 minutes of breakfast, we couldn't think of anybody. Like the only one that I can think of who gives his life for the system in which he believes is Jesus of Nazareth. It's only Jesus Christ who loves those who follow him so much that he's willing to give his life specifically for those whom he loves. Now I think Jesus was thinking specifically in his own day of the Pharisees. And saying, I'm not like the Pharisees. I'm not like those hired hands who really don't love you. But whether he was thinking of the Pharisees then or not, maybe thinking of something else, definitely in our own time, this applies. There is nobody like Jesus, folks. There is nobody like Jesus. There is nobody who gives his life for those whom he loves who are going to follow after him and then become a people of faith in him. There is nobody like Jesus who gives his life in that way. And that seems to me like a big, big statement about who Jesus is and what he means to us. So we go back to the statement of what are you going to do with this? Are we going to give ourselves to him in devotion and love? And the call on our hearts is to give ourselves completely to him because he is the one, the only one who gives himself in complete service, even sacrificing his life for those whom he loves. And the fact is, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And he wants in response to his love, laying down his life for the sheep, he wants you to love him in return. Willow, next slide please. There are some other thoughts that come out of this. And this is kind of big thought too. Because in this case, as Jesus says the second time, I am the good shepherd, he turns not so much to the sacrifice, although it's certainly still there, but now he turns to the notion of relationship. And I think the idea here is that the reason Jesus is called good or calls himself good is because of the wonderful relationship that he shares with those whom he loves. 
He is in tight relationship with those whom he loves. He cares greatly for them. And because he loves them so much, he's in fact good. And so some things about that, and there's going to be five of these. I'll run through them quick. First, he and the sheep know each other like he knows the father. And how is it that the son knows the father? They're one. It's as if they can read each other's thoughts. They share a common nature. And I know that we as human beings are not going to share the same kind of relationship that the Father and the Son have, but in John chapter 17, Jesus calls us specifically to that kind of relationship. I want you to love each other the way the Father and I are one and love each other. And here he says that he loves the sheep himself in that kind of wonderful, intense, intimate relationship. And so first of all, he's good because he chooses to love those whom he created. Willow? Secondly, the shepherd is the one in an unbalanced relationship who gives his life for the other. Isn't this interesting? None of you have to die on a cross, at this point anyway, for Jesus. Jesus is the one who, as the, the, the divine son of God, gives his life for you. And that relationship, when he gives himself to us, is not a balanced relationship. He is the Lord, we are not. And when he gives himself in love into that relationship, something comes out of that, namely the desire for devotion and affection and commitment. And so Jesus gives himself completely to you because he loves you. And then he asks for devotion in an actual unbalanced relationship. We owe him, therefore, our gratitude and our obedience and our devotion. And I don't know that there's anybody here this morning who's exempt from that. Because Jesus died for every one of you. He loves every one of you. And therefore, the same kind of obedience and devotion that he calls for every human being to make, he calls for you as well. And so I encourage you this morning to ask again the question, what kind of devotion, what kind of obedience am I going to give to Jesus because of the love that he showed me as the good shepherd willing to give his life? Next, Willow. Third, the shepherd lays down his life despite the fact that he intimately knows and understands the sheep. I asked a little while ago, in real life, do shepherds lay down their lives for sheep? Like, really? And the answer is no, they don't. They might do some things to try and save the sheep. They might go out and risk some things to save the sheep. But if the shepherd knew that he was going to die, he wouldn't be just giving up his life for the sheep. And that's because he knows the sheep. The sheep are not of the same nature as human beings. In our case, Jesus knows us. We just looked at the fact that he knows us intimately well. He knows you. He knows your thoughts. He knows your sinfulness. He knows your nature. And still, while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He absolutely understands who we are. And he still gives himself for us. And I think that makes him good. Well, Fourth, there are other sheep because the shepherd's love is so vast and these others will form one flock with one shepherd. I think he's talking here about the Gentiles. I think he's saying to the Pharisees who were Jews, of course, there are other people who are going to be devoted to me as well. And in fact, these ones are going to hear my voice too and they too are going to, in response to the voice that they hear and the relationship that we share are going to come and be a part of what it is that we share together. And so there will be one flock with one shepherd. You know, we in Churches of Christ have from the very beginning focused on the notion of unity within the body of Christ. 
we've said that there's one church. Sometimes we've said, and it is exclusive to that people who calls itself churches of Christ. I'm not sure about that. But there is certainly the notion that there is one body with one shepherd, one group devoted completely to him, and we do share in that body. And I'm grateful that God, through his love in Jesus, cared so much for human beings that he decided that it wouldn't just be the Jews that he would save, but he would save all those, even outside the Jews, all those Gentiles who would love him and be devoted to him. And then fifthly, fifth, the sacrifice he makes, he makes of his own free will and authority. He keeps saying things like, nobody tells me to lay my life down. I choose to do this completely on my own. Nobody made me do it. Even the father doesn't make the son commit himself to this relationship and make the sacrifice that he does. Instead, it says that Jesus willingly gave himself for us. Well, sometimes, the Bible even says this, sometimes a good man may well die for another. And in fact, they do this willingly. In this case, though, we have the one who is the God of the universe who sacrifices his son, his son and the son himself who gives himself to save humankind because he loves them so much. And I think that makes him good. And so Jesus is the good shepherd because he gives himself to human beings and he does so of his own free will and authority. It does say that he's going to be taken up again or he can take up his life again, which is referring to his resurrection. And I'm grateful that he does that too. But it's that sacrifice of Jesus, a willingness to say, I will give myself to them that makes him good. And so this morning, you're called to something. You're called to give yourself in devotion to one who is good because of the way in which he loves us. Willow, next slide. This unique one deserves our unique love and devotion. Again, there are a lot of choices out there, claims that are made by different faith systems, people who are calling you to some kind of philosophy of life and perspective. Jesus is the good one who says, I love you and I want you to give your life to me. And so I don't want anybody to go away from here this morning who hasn't thought seriously about what it means to give yourself completely to Jesus. He gave himself completely for you. It makes total sense to me that we would in turn give ourselves completely to him. You know, lately we've had uh, a plethora of baptisms by our standards. And I'm grateful for that. People are coming to Jesus, responding to the good news of Christ, and are choosing to be baptized in his name. And I just want to say that if you're here this morning and that isn't a decision that you've made in your life yet, if you haven't said, yeah, I'm sold out to Jesus, this good shepherd has my heart, then I want to encourage you to give him your heart. And even give him your heart to the point where you believe and choose to be immersed in his name and then to go on and live this wonderful life through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that he allows you to have.
God makes that available to every one of us through the mission and the ministry of the good, good shepherd. And that's available to you even today. I hope you take that opportunity. There's, there's no reason to wait. He's good and loving and waiting for you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that when you came, that you came with such love, such care, such willingness to make a sacrifice for us. Father, work in our hearts and move us through your spirit to respond to the rich blessing of life in you. And we thank you this morning. We praise you because you were willing to give yourself as this good, good shepherd who loves us so. Help us to respond. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.